Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best-looking Star Trek starship. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Welcome to We Got This with Mark and Hal. The show that settles the debates nobody else will touch. What is up, people of the world? It's that time of year again. It's time for the Max Fun Drive. That's right. Here's the deal. We Got This with Mark and Hal is directly supported by the members of Maximum Fun. And once a year, we focus on celebrating those members and seeing if those members want to upgrade or boost or gift memberships to other people. And we also focus on adding new people to that Max Fun membership. And that could be you. In a bit, we'll tell you about some of the gifts and goals that we're offering this year. And if you want to go ahead and have the website queued up when we do, open up the best browser, you know which one, and type MaximumFun.org slash join. Thank you for listening and on with the show that you make possible. And here we are in space, the final (laughs) frontier. That's from Star Trek, Mark. I don't know if you know that. I watched a little bit of Star Trek. Here's the thing, how I am not equipped to talk Star Trek Mm -mm. without help. What are we going to do about that? It's Max Fun Drive, so we've got to bring in not only friends, but subject matter experts and fellow members of Maximum Fun. That's why we have Adam Pranica from The Greatest Generation here to join us. Adam, hello. I'm just here to help. I can help. (laughs) (laughs) You are here because it's Max Fun Drive, and we adore you, and we think you're hilarious, and this is going to be a really fun conversation. Right back at you guys. Thanks, buddy. About the ships in the Star Trek universe. Now, I know the topic is, as described, best-looking starship. But that said, I think that there will be details that we will dive into that might not necessarily have to do with how they look. Like, the fact that the ship in Discovery was, you know, retrofitted for war and has this crazy uh, new drive on it that the other ones don't. There's going to be sort of spec details, but this, I do think, primarily is about the beauty of these ships. Mark, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. That You know what's funny? I do not. <laughs> you just, at all. That was the one factoid you had? That was the one. Well, no, I went through. I mean, I I, I did my fast cram session with what uh-huh. Ken sent this afternoon. I also fast crammed before the show. So right? I think we're all on the same level. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. That Discovery ship was, on first glance, my favorite out of all of them. It's got... Uh, oh, yeah. We'll get oh, I'm ready the... to fight. I'm ready to right. fight right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get to why. But again, this is as an outsider. I don't uh-huh. know. You literally have The Greatest Generation, a podcast about the Star Trek universe. Are you, you guys are strictly TNG, right? Well, Greatest Generation started as just a TNG show, and then its wild and bewildering popularity forced us into doing a series about DS9, and now we're talking about Voyager on The Greatest Generation, but we also have that sidecar show, The Greatest Trek, which is all about the new Star Trek shows, including Discovery, and Discovery was actually the first series we covered on that show. There you go, with the best ship. Um, (laughs) Who would have thought, Adam, after all those years, that people would enjoy something about Star Trek? 
with two charismatic and funny hosts. I just don't know how, I don't know how bewildering it is. Frankly. The world was ready for us at the it right time. Yeah. Opportunity met preparedness. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's the real luck. Yeah. I'd like to break yeah. this down, if I may, to, I will, I will generally probably wind up doing more facilitating and refing than, uh, actual deep knowledge on any of these, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, I think we can start to look at these as a whole because there are certain things that they, most of them have in common. There are a couple of outlier ships in this. Mm-hmm. They each have a saucer. That great big circle in the front, two mm-hmm. nacelles. And do you say nacelle or nacelle? Where's the accent on that word? I am not the person to ask for correct pronunciation on anything, uh, but I'm a nacelle. A nacelle, That's how nacelle I say guy. It. All right. Yeah. Like, uh, like nacelle Nichols. Sure. She was <laughs> like, great. That's, that's how I pronounce it. Yeah. Nacelle yeah. Nichols. As a southerner, I say umbrella. You know what? Uh-oh. That's probably a Star Trek drag name that I just ripped off, like subliminally. Like Nacelle I, Nichols. Nichols. Yeah, oh, that's that's, so that's got to be yeah. one, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so. Oh man, I want to see that show. But they all have certain elements, and I think we can talk about those elements individually mm-hmm. and compare them from ship to ship. That is the saucer, which contains the main bridge. And I don't think we need to keep this specifically just the exteriors, because the main bridge is a major set on each of these different shows. Right, yeah. You've got the nacelles, and then you have the engineering hull underneath in the middle, which will have like the shuttlecraft mm-hmm. launch and the navigation reflector and all of those elements that are in that central piece yeah it feels like a lot of the work happens down below and to the back and a lot of the command happens up top sure mark did we already establish that this is only television because i look at this and i'm looking right now at the original series enterprise the ncc 1701 before it Mm -hmm. became before it was uh destroyed and we got the nc uh 1701a after I guess at the end of four is when they got that craft and they return with the hijacked Klingon bird of prey, yeah, right? Yeah, the the ship included on your list is the original yes. series television the show original. Enterprise yes. and not the movie Enterprise, which Correct. looked a little bit different, or the refit Enterprise that came back as the A. Yes, yes. Right. This is the original. There's something beautiful about this, that, that this was designed in the mid-60s, the mm-hmm. mid to late 60s. Uh, Hal, I don't want to get pedantic, but it was actually the year 2245 <laughs> in San Francisco that this ship was designed. Wow. Starting early. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As hard as you just came for Hal just then, you're yeah. going to get it even harder on the Reddit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Any possible mistake you make yeah. on this show. Oh, I just I want to fill this with Easter egg mistakes. Like where mm-hmm. does Chewbacca sit? In this, this is the gift. We're just giving people stuff to do. Yeah. yeah he rides it like a horse. He sits Yeah, on he rides it like ship. a horse. He sits on he the back. Yeah, he shoots his crossbow off of it. Yeah. Yeah. The saucer part is a steering wheel like the steering wheels on the uh teacups. It just makes it spin. You're going to notice in later versions just on TV that the nacelles, the pylons that are connecting them were slanted. This is very, like, they're sort of rigid out front. Even later versions, like in film and other adaptations, it has a little bit more. There's, like, a more almost aerodynamic design to it. Mm-hmm. But there's something really great. I love the main deflector, the little radar dish at the front yeah. of the hull. There's just a lot. Like, it's just, a, it's so iconic. It's such an iconic starship. 
And it's you so guys ever mess around with the uh, like they famously remastered the original series many years ago and they made all of the effects look amazing. All the planets look really great and the ship, all the ship shots look great, too. Like it made TOS worth watching for me. As soon as no they kidding. did that, like this old ship looked pretty crunchy back when it was originally sure. on TV. And I think there's something beautiful about it now in a way that it maybe wasn't before. I'm not entirely on board, though, with changing something from the 60s mm-hmm. that, you know, you know what I mean? Like if there was that crunchiness to it and there was like that, like one of the reasons I love the mid 80s Santa Claus movie with Dudley <laughs> Moore is yeah. that the effects in that movie are so so mid 80s those also uh, the cast of star trek the original series was probably as drunk as dudley moore was in, <laughs> in that movie oh just hammered just how hammered the whole time what do you think of the strange new worlds enterprise when you put them next to uh the original series enterprise because they're really similar they're supposed to be the same ship right yeah the theory is this is yeah they strange are. new worlds this is the same ship yeah, they are. It's a little bit darker, but it's like a darker. It's almost like a darker kind of a, space in Strange a, New Worlds. A battleship so, gray. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a battleship gray. I still like the. It's also like it's just a little sleeker. See what I'm talking about with the yeah. cells where they're at where the pylons are at an angle. They're, they're raked it, back, aren't they? Yes, it mm-hmm. makes it feel more aerodynamic, and yeah. I I always like that shift in the design. But also like it's kind of it almost looks like the mirror universe version of the enterprise where it should have a little goatee on it like it's the right. evil enterprise where they where they murder people to climb up the chain of command I or it's love... like from highlights for trek fans <laughs> notice the difference between the these two pictures there's someone at the end of the bar playing notice the difference between the two enterprises and it's it's x-rated for some reason but <laughs> All those windows are to the showers. That's, uh, I don't know why they notice that. the differences between the two Nacelle Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the sense I get from it. They shortened the, the neck yeah. that's connecting the saucer to the hull. Mm. Like it's a sleeker, more compact ship. Yeah. Probably like if you were to start, if somebody described what they wanted the Enterprise to look like and you didn't have the original to go off of, this might be like a good original design. It's yeah. a lot closer to the movies, a lot closer to... Even like how J.J. Abrams, like their those versions of the Enterprise, feels like more in that realm. And I, yeah. I like the changes, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of drawn to the original. What do you think? I think it's superior to the J.J. Abrams version of this ship, too. Mm-hmm. I really love the Strange New World ship. I love the uh, the swirly front of the nacelle. I love that they kept that. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great-looking ship. really is. Yeah. Do you, just historically, do you have any insight into why is the saucer part of this specifically because in the 1960s spaceships were flying saucers? Is that where, is that what the basis for this was? Do we know like where the design for this came from? Was it studio people just coming up with a cool drawing? Was it designers of ships going, well, it needs this part, it needs this part, and it needs this part? Oh, I wish I had the trivia for that. <laughs> and I'm I'm unfortunately the wrong person to ask. There have been uh, lots of film papers written about mm. the designer of this ship, but it would make sense, wouldn't it, that in the 60s you would sort of begin with a saucer? Yeah, and then, and then uh, add and then the add elements you would there. need. Yeah. yeah. 
there is something to it that feels like military, like military, even though it's not a military, these are supposed to be scientific vessels that are out to explore. That's their whole job is to seek out new worlds like that. That's it's a mission of exploration, not a mission of war. Mm-hmm. But there I is do something wanna... that feels like a government built ship, like there's a uniformity to it. I'm almost positive that the Discovery design as a ship was a first version of what the Enterprise could be. Like when they were sketching out what the hero ship was going to be on the show, mm-hmm. I think that flatter shape was one of the ones in the running. And I think that's what was so exciting about when they announced Star Trek Discovery. And I don't know if you remember, they had the teaser trailer with the new ship and the Discovery looked you know, very flat, even flatter mm-hmm. than this picture we're looking at here, mm-hmm. flatter than what the ship became for the show. Uh, I think this was kind of a version 0.1 of what the Enterprise could have been in the original series. This was a design from before. This yeah. was one of Matt Jeffries. Uh, thanks to Kent Plume uh, jumping in the chat. Matt Jeffries came from the world of design, not from the world of film and television. So he was operating in a functional capacity, trying to figure out how this thing would function. Ken Plume reaching into the ring and like, I'm just ready to tag him. Ready oh, to yeah. tag him in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's there. The hot He's, tag. He's right there. <laughs> Do you like the flatter ships? Do you like the tolerance? Do you like the nacelles or, or nacelles above the saucer, below the saucer? Because that is a thing that changes throughout as well. That's a great question. I, I am not. I want to say this, like, I feel like all of the ships feel like cars in a way, like, Mm -hmm. and cars have faces to me. And I think ships have faces too. I think the Discovery ship has kind of a bad face. It does not look balanced. Like it's hanging a lot of, a lot of like cape behind it. Like if the saucer (laughs) section is a face, it looks like it's got a Dracula kind of cape flowing behind it. It does go long. It's so long. It yeah. just doesn't seem, yeah. uh, symmetrical isn't the right word, but it just, it seems like it's dangling too much behind. It does uh, feel like those Ralph McQuarrie, like Star Wars concept images were like, oh, that's kind of a neat version of Vader, but I like the version I got on screen better. And yeah. it call. feels yeah. like the saucer section feels like a Federation starship. And then the bottom half looks like a bird of prey. Like it looks yeah. like, like it's like a step away. Then when you look at it over top, it is way too long. I'll tell you what I love about this ship, though, is I love the three section saucer. Mm-hmm. The fact yeah, that the I saucer like that is three concentric circles like the side of a target in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> it's impractical, though. You can only can you imagine how log jammed those hallways get. It's a neat trick how out. they spin on the show, too. Mm-hmm. It's always thrilling when they spin those sections. Do they function? Does does in the Star Trek universe? Does it function by uh, Pentagon rules? Like the the people that have their quarters and their offices in the center section are the most important, and then the circle, like that outer ring of the Discovery, is where you know the privates live and the generals or and the admirals are all. In the middle. It sure does seem you have the longest commute, right? Because you're going to assume yeah. that the captain's got a great window to his quarters, and that means yeah. he's going to be on the outer ring. But he's got the longest turbo lift ride to the bridge because he's got to go all the way into the center and up to the first deck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all for right. sure. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to have your captain on the outer ring. Maybe that's a bad plan if you want to keep him safe maybe well, that was my thought was maybe he he's got the, the bad hotel the room with like the room that faces the hvac for the building you know 
like on a cruise ship. Yeah. Like the yeah. people who work the hardest are like in a shoebox with no yeah. light. Oh yeah. All right, Captain. Here, get in the supply closet, and we'll call you when we need you. You're like maybe that's just better for him. Yeah. That's all he wants. He sleeps standing up like a <laughs> vampire. Or he hangs you know upside what? down like a That's bat. the captain I want. I want the captain that's like, put me closest to where I need to be working. Yeah. I don't care about the amenities. I don't want the captain that's going to just yell dibs and run onto the ship as soon as they build it and start licking things that he wants to claim. Well, this is that era of ships with very few comforts, right? Mm-hmm. Like even the good rooms on the Discovery aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Well, because the Discovery, this is the one that was designed to be a warship, right? Or was retrofitted to be a warship. Is that the story of the Discovery? Uh, no, it's a science ship primarily. At least it was before it jumped into the future. Gotcha. Okay. What's the one so I'm thinking of with the Klingon? Know wars? that there's no comforts on that. They're like, oh, yeah. it's a bunch of science nerds. We'll yeah, just give exactly. Them cardboard boxes with their names on it. Yeah. yeah. Just give each one a triangular pillow and a and a very sheer blanket, and that's all they get. <laughs> <laughs> Huddle together for warmth. We're going to take our first break here. We're going to tell you all about the wonderful things happening with the Max Fun Drive, and then when we come back, we're going to dive into some more of these ships. We will yes. be. Right back. We told you we would be back to talk about the Max Fun Drive, and guess what? We're no liars. Once a year, our network Maximum Fun holds a drive to recruit new members to join the ranks of those folks who think, hey, even though I can get this show for free, I'm going to step up for this community of listeners and support my favorite podcasts. Being a member means being part of the team that keeps We Got This coming to your ears every week. So please, will you join us as a member? Visit MaximumFun.org slash join. If you're new, that's where you can become a member. If you're already a member, first of all, thank you. And second, that is where you can upgrade, boost your membership, or buy a gift membership for a friend or an anonymous Max Funster. Doesn't feel good to give a gift to one of the people of the world? Well, if you become a member, you're giving a gift to everybody. And speaking of gifts, we have some to offer you for joining. At a membership of $5 a month or more, you'll get access to all of our bonus content and the bonus content of all of the shows across the network. This year, we did a really fun one. We talked about the best airplane food. What is the food you should be eating on an airplane? It's all the information you need that you never knew you needed. You're welcome. Not only that, but you'll get access to the bonus content for every Max Fun show. And of course, if you bought a gift membership, that recipient will get the bonus content too. We have also got some specific goals for our show. We got this with Mark and Hal. We have some stretch goals for everybody to benefit from if we reach certain levels. And here they are. If our show, a small but mighty member of the Max Fund family, gets 250 new or upgrading members this year, we will have a Hot Ones Challenge episode. How does that work, Hal? 10 topics, 10 wings, 10 increasingly hot sauces that you see on Hot Ones. We will order those kits for ourselves. We will not know the topics beforehand, and that episode will only be available on the bonus content feed for members. That's right. So at 250, you will get to hear that episode. If we get 300 new members, you will get to see that episode. And if we reach 350 new or upgrading members, we've got an even bigger special surprise for you that we're not going to tell you about now. Ooh. But we will tell you if we unlock it. 
Once again, thanks to all those who are already Max Fund members and to everyone else. I encourage you become a member, upgrade your membership if you can, or gift a membership to someone who's unable to get one for themselves. Just visit maximumfund.org slash join to become a member today. It's super easy and we appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you. And we are back from our pledge break. Fellas, I think it's time to ask now. You are the expert on this, Adam. It's where your show began. Let's talk about the D. Uh, can't wait. Right? Yeah. This is my first Star Trek crush, really. Was Next Generation was your first Star Trek crush? And this ship, specifically. This ship. Like, look at these lines. It's sexy. This is a sexy ship. You know yeah. what? Like, if the Discovery is a 1975 Chrysler New Yorker, just this giant long thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the next generation, it's like a sporty little Porsche. It's squat, it's short. Even the saucer on it is oval and flattened, so everything feels compact. The Porsche comparison is really apt, and I'm glad Mm -hmm. you took it in that direction. It's it's so so curvy. Yeah. Like a, it's a yeah. sexy ship. This one, the the nacelles are lower than the bridge. Mm-hmm. So the whole saucer area is above everything else. And also we have on the bottom of this particular saucer, do all of them have this? I know in the dead center on the top, they have the bridge. But do they all have, and what is the captain's yacht? They all do not have that. This was a fun feature of the D. Yeah. And then uh, they carried that forward with the next version of the Enterprise. Uh, never got to see it on TNG. No. Like it, it was a thing that you read about if you were a nerd like me and you got the Star Trek The Next Generation technical manual. You got to read about things like uh, what happens if you needed to land the saucer section on a planet or what yeah. the captain's yacht did. Never saw it in action in TNG. That's not where they were whenever I would see them in like a classy bar. No, no. Uh, Ten forward is where you saw them in the classy bar, and and mm-hmm. uh, it's the exact front of the ship. Like if I the mean, ship were to run into anything, ten forward goes first. It's the like this. This ship feels like it's got the most fun. St- this feels like a cruise ship. Like you've got the classy bar in the front. You got the captain's yacht. You got the holodeck. Was this the introduction of the holodeck? It was. I mean, that was sort of the knock. I feel like every generation of Star Trek has the not my Star Trek type of fan, and when. Mm-hmm. This ship was launched, and it felt more like a shopping mall than <laughs> than a, a ship on Star Trek. A lot of yeah. people were like, what is up with this carpet? What is up with these bars? What's up with the families? This was famously the first ship on Star Trek to be like livable, like a long-range yeah. ship yeah. that you bring your family on. And yeah, some people had a problem with that, but all of the adventures, all of the stories you could tell when you had a ship with a bar on it or a holodeck yeah. on it like it, it's uh it's so usable that way for telling great stories absolutely also, like how much more of the galaxy or, or their like immediate space had been explored at that point and technologically yeah. we're so far ahead we're, we're what a century ahead of where we were it's mm-hmm. true yeah so mark are you aware that you're now look you're looking at in actuality technically two ships no i did not realize that here's why the civilian saucer at the top can detach Mm-hmm. So the main bridge is always at the very top, right? It's at the top center of right. the saucer there. But if you – that detaches in case they have to engage in battle. And then there is a second battle bridge inside the neck. So it separates at the saucer so that the 
so that you're not taking civilians into battle with you if you can avoid it. So they've detached a few times. In fact, I had the diecast mm-hmm. Enterprise mm-hmm. D where you could detach the, I still yeah. have it. I think it's back in Philadelphia. My dad and I loved had that. taking it apart and reattaching it. Is this the one where you could lift up the center section above the bridge and you would see the bridge on the inside? My dad had one like that where you could lift it up and you would actually see the bridge. No, it was a little die cast and the the saucer detached because that was a big deal. You know, Mm -hmm. that was nothing that ever happened in Star Trek because they did pretty much everything they needed to do. It was, yes, it was by Galoob. Thank you, Ken. Um, I had a, a lot of the glue. I had like the figures. I had a lot of, of next yeah. generation stuff, mm-hmm. but that's I built kind the of Riddell cool plastic model of this and it also would come apart that way. It was, yeah, it on was purpose. a thrill. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike most of the models I built, which came apart on accident. <laughs> this one Just was built assorted that pieces of airplane falling from the ceiling as you were sleeping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like, I built models and then I hung them from the ceiling using fishing line. Like a 1940s kid. And this is one of those ships that made that impossible. Like you couldn't oh, really yeah. hang it because it would it would kind of flop and fall apart on the strings. Yeah. Or it would look like it was aimed straight up. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You could loop it around the saucer part. Yeah. Yeah. This ship looks, by size comparison, the ship looks enormous. This seems like it had a 150 or 160 man crew on the Discovery and then you get the smaller. dead weight of the families on the D. Yeah. Flipping <laughs> them around. Significant others and children running around. Yeah. This is not why I joined the Space Navy. Yeah, now I have to have a school in here. We might have oh, to fight. Look, far. I got to say, though, that as a storytelling technique, I think that ramps up the stakes in the storytelling because you sure. can't just say, hey, they knew what they were signing up for. That's There's my a crew wife of a ship. in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, what else do we have to say about, I mean, this is a, it's a beautiful ship. It's the entirety of the first ship could fit just inside the saucer of this one. It's huge. We've all been kind of fawning over the D mm-hmm. and this yeah. doesn't surprise me. It's a, it's a handsome ship, but sure. on the new season of the, of Star Trek Picard, mm-hmm. people make fun of this ship. They called it the fat one at a bar just because it's the squat shape. And, and I could not believe my ears when they referred to it like that. How dare they? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take a look at the new one then on Picard. What do we need to know about this ship? What makes this one different? I know it's designed to look retro. Mm-hmm. It's a throwback ship. This is the Titan we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The reason for that is mm-hmm. the, the place where they used to build starships was destroyed. And In San so- Francisco? And so now, I mean, there was an orbital shipyard around Mars and it was totally destroyed a couple of seasons ago. And so the thinking, the story on the show is that they're recycling pieces of ships and bolting new pieces onto them and then launching them. And so that's why there's elements of, you know, the saucer looks very original series Mm -hmm. dimensioned right like there's a there's kind of a thickness to it the paint job looks straight out of the 60s yeah Yeah. so there's a combination of old and new it it kind of looks like uh like the saucer looks like a pizza cutter with some chips out of it like like you used it on a (laughs) marble surface you're not supposed to cut anything on a on a marble no no marble surface but that's what it looks like they did here yeah and the nacelles look like two monorails yeah yeah but like in proportion better than the discovery i think it's not hanging in the cell the way you Discovery really is. hate that yeah. Discovery ship, don't you? Why do you hate the Discovery so much, Adam? I I don't hate it, but it's okay to have favorites. This is a best looking Starship show, is it not? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. You made me. 
(laughs) (laughs) You did this. There is something about the saucer for the Constitution that reminds me of Excelsior. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that makes me Which one is the Excelsior? The Excelsior is a rivalship to the Enterprise that in the original run of films, like they're kind of like the uh, a-holes mm-hmm. of the Federation. They're like the mean, like, you know, you have like the underdog camp and then you have the rich kids camp where they all pop collars. And there is sure. a sense of the Excelsior being like that. Like, you know, we're the fastest ship that there is, which of course means that the original crew is going to go and uh, decommission. Like They go and sabotage it so they can steal the Enterprise. I think the in ex- three, they do The that. Excelsior is kind of the, the Impala to the Enterprise's uh, Camry or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's yeah. just a, yeah, look at that thing. It is a, it is a thick king. It is yeah, really yeah. big. That is a thick, what a thick king. <laughs> Four C's. Yeah. I like the idea that your go-to for the sleekest, fastest ship that the richest Starfleet commanders would buy is the Impala. I mean, it's Starfleet is really kind of a bureaucracy, right? Like, sure. I, I, there's a lot of like naval type comparisons to make here. I think you're you're lucky to have the beauty that you have on a yeah. lot of these ships, and I. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Excelsior as a ship. It's also a handsome ship, but I mean, I don't want to give away my pick, but I like the D a lot more. The yeah, D is the D is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This one, be, it just by its nature, I mean, it's a cool story point that it's cobbled together from yeah parts of other ships, but it, I think that aesthetically works to its disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, storytelling wise, I think it works to its advantage. It's a cool looking ship, knowing that it's cobbled together from other ships. That I find mm-hmm. exciting and fun and cool. I wish we got to see the cobble though. Like this, is, yeah, yeah. We're, like we're just on the ship leaving space dock in Picard season three, and I really wanted to see some more of that tasty shipyard footage. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, look, if you're going to cobble together vehicles, just spread out your timeline. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. put some 1956 Chevy Bel Air fins on the back. Have it pulled <laughs> by a couple of horses in the front. Throw uh-huh. a Conestoga wagon tarp over the back and have a cookie back there making chili. Let's yeah. do this. Let's go real mishmash ship. You know, like, there's that belt section around the saucer. Why don't we throw some wood grain on there? Yeah, you know? right. Let's make it a woody. Come That'd on. That'd be nice. Throw a surfboard on top. Yeah. Why not a flame job? Oh, why don't we have, why did none of these ever get a flame job? Why is it there? They have this giant saucer on the top of all of these. Why is there not a big eagle on any of them? That would be awesome. Adam, one time, uh, Mark had a car and he decided he wanted a flame job on it. So some friends of ours, along with Mark, painted uh, a flame job on his car, but with like Home Depot paint. Yeah. It wasn't like for a car. So it looked, uh, Imagine how imagine how that would look to you. It didn't look as good as that. <laughs> hey, this looked amazing. I will point out that this car was a 19, I think, 89 or 90 Volkswagen Golf. It was yeah. red, and I paid $750 for this car. Wow. So I had to make it look awesome on my own. It wasn't going to do it itself. Those old Golfs are great, though. It's, yeah. I think you got to steal. Yeah, exactly. I thank that you. Golf now? You know what? You take the money you Stolen. save, you put it in paint buckets at Home Depot. Yeah. You yeah. just rolled it into a great paint job. Yeah. I added value to that vehicle. 
yeah. sweat equity alone. All right. What, are, what do you guys want to talk about now? Are there any others that are jumping out at you? We've got like 10 of these. Some have some different vibes to them. The Voyager is another one of these that has a very different look. Yeah. In the way that uh, on the D, the saucer is oblong in the squat direction. In the Voyager, it's long the other way. It is oblong and extending out. You know the people you see at the gym, not me, but like if like for people who go to a gym, you see other people there and mm-hmm. some of them work out so much that they have a lot of musculature, but they can no longer put their arm. They always look like they're about to draw six shooters because <laughs> there's so many muscles, like their arms have been moved out of position. That's what this ship reminds me of. Like it's, I mean, I remember the show, obviously I remember like getting together with friends to watch the premiere and it, mm-hmm. it just, it felt like they were trying to do like, all right, we did the D. Now, what's the next thing we can do? Like, what's the right. next generation of shit? Yeah. Let's design something different. And this just doesn't do Even from the front approaching you, it looks like somebody yeah. took Lando's helmet from Return of the Jedi when he's undercover at Jabba's palace and said, we're going to make a ship out of this. Like, it has that shape to it. It feels like they started with its need to land on a planet. And mm-hmm. the idea was, like, design a ship that looks like it could do that. I mean, that's Primarily. not a bad thing. Yeah. Because they do have to land on planets. I don't know. This ship to me looks like someone drew on a spoon. It you looks like I mean? a tool you use like to smooth talk. Yeah. From the top, it looks like someone flipped over a spoon and drew numbers on it. Yeah. We're in season five of Star Trek Voyager, and it's been yeah. a great series so far. But I will say that, like, it's less of a character on the show than the D was in Star Trek The Next Generation. Like, mm-hmm. in the way that that people say like New York is a character in movies set in New York. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little bit less on Voyager for yeah. some reason. And maybe that'll change in the last uh, season and a half that we've got. But yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with the Voyager, but just not my favorite ship. Do you think that Star Trek shows in general use that as a variance between them? Some shows like Next Generation are going to take place primarily on the ship. Are there shows that take place primarily on other planets? Are there shows that take place primarily on the bridge and people are working stuff out on the bridge? I mean, that's such an interesting question because like on a show where the crew is basically stuck on Voyager, Mm -hmm. it's really a show that is so much less about that ship than the crew's interpersonal conflicts Mm -hmm. or the people they meet along the way. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they're fortunate to have the ship because it's the thing keeping them alive. They have yeah, the next yeah. generation, re- like outfitted to the Gill ship, and now they're in the Delta Quadrant, and they don't nothing is familiar anymore, and they don't know how to get back. But at least they have this ship. But I agree right. with you; it's not about like this is the finest ship in the fleet, and we have to meet up with everybody, and we have a responsibility. I mean, it's not Gilligan's Island in space, but it's Gilligan's Island in space. It's we're right. trapped somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this is what we have. It changes the feeling when your ship is a a lifeboat instead of a useful utility that you're like choosing to use. Yeah. If you were a member of Starfleet and you had to have one of these ships as your lifeboat, which one would it be? Well, if I'm like in a really dangerous part of the galaxy, I don't think you could do much better than the Defiant, right? Yeah. It's like a dense doorstop of like filled with bullets like Mm -hmm. for those who don't know and are not visually following along the defiant is a drastically different ship it does not have the saucer the nacelles and the engineering hull it is a very different spaceship mark in terms you would understand it's really the volkswagen golf 
of, of Starship. <laughs> so you know what this one means? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take another break. And during yeah. that break, we're going to go to Home Depot. We're going to grab some paint, <laughs> some red, some orange, and some yellow. Maybe a little lacquer to go over the top because I don't know what's going to hit the shields. Yeah, you got to clear coat yeah. that, right? Exactly. Right. We're going to clear coat it. And we're going to decorate the USS Defiant. And we're going to make a Wayne's World style mirth mobile out of this thing. Perfect. We're going to give the USS Defiant from Deep Space Nine a really nice paint job. You guys are going to like this. It's going to look really good. We may even put hydraulic lifts on the wheels. Does it have wheels? <laughs> uh, this one doesn't land. Not by choice, anyway. This show and The Greatest Generation and a bunch of other wonderful shows you listen to through Max Fun all depend on your support to keep going. And the Max Fun Drive is the best time to get involved and support the art that you love from creators whose work you enjoy. So take this break. You're going to tell you all about it. And when we come back, we're going to put a flame job on a warship. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back to talk a little more about the Max Fun Drive. You know, one thing that our listeners have mentioned to us many times is how much they enjoyed the community that this show has nurtured online. We live in a world of heated verbal battles, and it's really nice that we've carved out a home for fun, often silly, respectful debate where person of the world Shelley Godifrin says, quote, I love seeing the passion that people have for what are essentially mundane topics, end quote. Thank you, Shelley. I don't know if I would call the topics mundane, but that is a debate for another day. And you know what? I love it, too. It's because of the support of our membership that we can bring you these mundane Debates. If you've been thinking of joining, if you've been thinking of upgrading, if you've been thinking about gifting a membership to someone who can't swing it right now, you can do that this very moment at MaximumFun.org slash join. There's no time like the present. And when you join, you'll not only get the satisfaction of keeping our show and many other podcasts in the ears of countless listeners, you'll also get some gifts. For example, for $5 a month, You'll, of course, unlock all of Max Fun's bonus content. That's extra episodes and fun surprises from all of the shows on the network and all of the old ones, too. You get, like, this full library of incredible content. But if you join at $10 a month or if you upgrade to $10 a month, you will get our We Got This Restickable sticker or any one of 37 available designs. You pick the one that you want. What's that, you say? A restickable sticker? I've never heard of such a thing. Well, now you have, and you can own one. You'll also get a spiffy Max Fun membership card, and of course, you'll get all of that sweet bonus content from the $5 level. At the $20 a month level, we will send you a special gift to go along with the sticker, the membership card, and the bonus content. You can choose either our embroidered Max Fun rocket logo hat or our Max Fun culinary kit, which includes a jar of bespoke maximum flavor spice blend and a Max Fun family cookbook. It's beautifully designed by Tom Deja and Hal and I both have recipes in it. And we encourage you to send us photos of those recipes when you you have to try them. That's just the rule. At the $35 a month level, you will get all the bonus content, the sticker, your choice of special gift and a sturdy cotton artisan style maximum yum apron with artwork by Sabrina Volante. I've seen it. It is gorgeous. Will you please join us as a member? 
Won't you please, won't you please join us as a member? Don't wait until later. You're thinking about it now. You're excited. Just head over. You can join, upgrade, boost, or gift at MaximumFun.org slash join. We will wait here. And by the way, don't forget to check the box next to We Got This with Mark and Hal. That is how you make sure the folks at the network know that you're supporting this show and we benefit directly from your membership. Thank you again. Special thanks to our current members and everyone who has supported us for all of these years. But right now, let's get back to the show. I do want to say something about the Defiant looking at it, is it yeah. reminds me of a little bit of a Gundam, and it also reminds me of the yeah. body of like an F-14 Tomcat. If mm-hmm. you crunched it, it, you've got like the warp nacelles around the side really tight. But and it feels swept. like the wings would come off of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything's yeah. swept. This is made to move quickly, be a small target, and do a lot of damage. So you're yeah. saying this has, it's got Gundam style. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you could I, see. Like I'm riding a horse right now. I'm the bridge it. crew that's would uh, eject out of the, the top of the bridge here, and uh, and one of them dies tragically. So, yeah, what is the function of this ship? Why does it look so drastically different? You said before, you're like, this ship doesn't land. What does this ship do? It was built to fight the Borg. It was purpose-built. This, this okay. was no comforts. This was as submarine as Starship's got. This is not for, for a day. scientific mission. This is not for, at all. This is for battle. This is not for steady. This is for destroy. Gotcha. Oh, I don't like that nearly as much as study and have a mall. Yeah. Yeah, there are no malls on the Defiant, unfortunately. It's just all very hard beds. And we can all agree that uh, you want your troops sleeping on hard beds if you want them to fight Yeah, the next morning, right? Yeah, yeah or in triple hammocks. Yeah, triples it's, is best. It's interesting. So much of Star Trek, just from its conception, was so much more about the exploration of finding peace and science and reason and ships that didn't, you know, the Enterprise didn't go looking for a fight. It just had the ability to fight if someone attacked. Right. As, and, and over time, especially in the next generation, you get introduced to the Borg, which will not be reasoned with and exist only to assimilate people and grow. And so it's a big deal to have something like the Defiant appearing because you really didn't see warships. They were all just different versions of sort of explorer class ships that were out there to help build alliances and mm-hmm. discover new life, but not interfere. Like, mm-hmm. this is like, go blow up a cube quickly. There were seasons of Deep Space Nine before the Defiant was introduced where, you know, everyone was on the station and every episode was about a station-based adventure. And there's really, it felt in a lot of ways like there were two different Deep Space Nines. There was the version before Defiant and the version after. And this was, mm. as soon as you introduced this ship, it felt more like Star Trek again because you're out doing adventures instead of stuck in your Bajoran's shopping mall. But it, does that make this less of a contender because Deep Space Nine is the station? It's like that is the yeah. primary. It's the primary setting for the rest of these. Is it would it be fair to say that for the rest of these, the ship is the primary setting of the show? Yeah, I think that's fair. But also, like, are we judging best looking? Because I don't mm-hmm. think anyone would say Defiant is the best looking. It, that's it, true. It's utility. It's great. But yeah. How much to look at? All right. It kind of looks like somebody crushed a paper cup. Yeah. <laughs> From the top. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And then tore it a little bit. 
All right. Well, let's uh, well let's jump ahead. What else do we think are the contenders in this? Do you want to go? Game? Wait. Do you want to go all the way back to the original original Enterprise, the NXL one from uh, the Scott Bakula series Enterprise? And the NXL one is a. I like the NXL one. It's small, but it's got the. Uh, it's the saucer is held on not by one arm in the middle, but by two arms on either side. So it looks just a little different. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. It looks. It does look older. It looks more. Rugged. Looks like the monitor or Merrimack. The whole ship is really the oh, saucer. And then you strapped, it's like you strapped an engine onto a saucer and sent it out into space. Like that is what this oh, is. Oh, okay. So you don't have the separation of there's an engineering hole underneath and then the saucer exists to hold the command crew and then some of the phaser arrays at the bottom. And then you move to the D where it's even more like this is a floating city. This is mm. like, let's put a bunch of people in the saucer and these warp cells, which we've just like, this is new technology to us, will take us into space. This is essentially a space submarine, as Ken has put it. Yeah. It's cool looking. I like it. The monitor Merrimack comparison, I think, is really apt. I think this is an ugly tool in your toolkit. Yeah. And it's doing its job, but, like, it's almost offensive looking compared to, like, (laughs) the the sleek (laughs) designs of the other ships in Star Trek. And I might feel differently after we cover... Star Trek Enterprise on the Greatest Generation, but mm-hmm. having not ever seen an episode of it, I do not have any love for this ship. That's fair. <laughs> when it's facing you head on, it looks like three things. Number one, it looks like Frogger. Uh-huh. Number two, it looks like Jar Jar Binks. And number three, it looks like the alien from Meatballs 2. Yep. Oh, it totally <laughs> does. It looks like Meathead. <laughs> the last one, most of all. Yeah. Yeah. Just smoking a dube yep. out in space. <laughs> Wearing a raincoat. Yeah. Speaking of Frogger, it now all I can see is it looks like Frogger. Let's just mm-hmm. put it in the raincoat. Like we won't mess with the flames on on the Defiant. Like right. the custom paint job. Let's just put the raincoat on NX01. <laughs> Fine. Let's cover it up. <laughs> let's go away from Frogger and toward the tadpole. What about the USS Proto Star from Star Trek Prodigy? Little little teeny little guy. I mean, if you're a saucer guy. Like, I think most Star Trek fans might fall into the two categories, whether or not you're a saucers guy or an Nacelles guy. Mm-hmm. I am a saucers guy. I'm I think a that's why guy. I find the Cerritos pleasing to look at. Mm-hmm. It has got like the cartoonish quality. Like, in that way, I was talking about ships have faces. It has a very joyful looking face if you were to look at it head on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's cool looking. It's fun. It's the on the Cerritos. The the saucer looks way high up. It looks mm-hmm. like it looks like a pontoon boat. Yeah, yeah, which I like. Yeah, it's a lot smaller. It's not Galaxy class. It's smaller. It's California yeah. class, which is why it's called Cerritos. But it's so oh, great. A fine auto mall. Oh yeah, yeah. Great auto Cerritos, Starfleet ships. <laughs> but let's go smaller. Let's talk about Prodigy. This one is another one where the saucer is pointed very. These are this is a teeny little guy, mm-hmm. like a garden trowel. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It looks like a shovel. It also looks like a spoon too, like the spoon thing you were talking about, where it's like I make, I show up at the farmer's market. All of my jewelry is made out of forks and spoons and knives, yeah. and you'll look at it and think like, oh, this seems so cool. I should get one of these. And then you realize I don't want to wear a spoon on my hand. Spoon like, ship. Yeah. <laughs> Come together with your crew. <laughs> At a certain point, do you think they started just making these? They just started adding differences to add differences. You know what I mean? 
I mean, the ship is really, really distinct. Like, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't have a normal warp drive. It's powered by a star. That's pretty cool. Uh, the crew is kids. That's mm-hmm. another fun aspect to it. That's great. It really doesn't feel comparable to any other ship, though, for those reasons. Yeah. It's I really like the weird. Bri- the bridge looks like a cockpit. It's yeah. so clear up at the top. Mm-hmm. And most it's really mostly- glassy. Yeah, it just looks like a small glass dome usually on most ships or just a small dome. But this feels like they are in a cockpit of a ship. It makes the whole thing feel a lot smaller. Yeah, They do the Star Trek pizza cutters because the saucers are are so rolly. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do the garden shovel with this? That's a piece yeah. of merch they should be doing, right? Yes. Look, anything that is remotely round, spoon-shaped or shovel-shaped, and could be made of metal, I would gladly get the Star Trek ship version of. Absolutely. Yeah. It would also make a great ice cream scoop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at a that. little curve to it. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom is the, yeah, you could get. You're doing mix ins with that thing, no problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah. You get two of them, chop mm-hmm. it up. You say, what do you want, Kit Kats? And then you use those. Yo, you're, yeah. you're singing for your tip in a very demeaning way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the Cerritos is you put it on your table. And instead of the normal hot pad, it elevates the dish. Yeah, so that oh, that's can nice. See it. The Cerritos yeah. is the thing that you put your pizza on, so it's above the table, and every yes. kid can get a slice. Oh, that's exactly. so fun! Yeah, perfect. All right, here's what I'd like to do, guys. Since we need to get near the, we're nearing the end here. We're going to have to narrow this down. There are a lot of these. Why don't we start? We haven't done one of these in a long time. Hal, you'll know what I'm talking about. And while I'm explaining this, you can figure out what order we should be going in. Let's start knocking them off. We'll go round robin style. We will eliminate them one at a time as we go until there is one ship left standing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. NX-01, get it out of here. Yeah. Gone. Yeah, you... You big, ugly beast. We're talking about best-looking ships. That's not the best-looking ship here. Yeah. You know what? I'll go next, and I will say uh, the Defiant from Deep Space Nine. Not a good-looking ship. Inelegant. Functional, but inelegant. Yeah. Hal? I'm going to get rid of the NCC-11031 from Discovery. Boo! But you're right. Gone. All right. I'm going to cut the Protostar. It's, uh, I think... I think there's something to be said for size, mm-hmm. and it's just too small to be important in the context of, like, best-looking starship. Yeah. It's my turn. Yeah, what's left? What do we have left here? Here's what we have left. We have the USS Cerritos from Lower Decks. We have the Titan A from Picard. We have the Voyager from Voyager. Uh, we have the D from The Next Generation. That's the NCC 1701D. Uh, and then the original NCC 1701 from the original Star Trek series. Two different versions of it. One mm-hmm. from Star Trek Strange New Worlds and one from the original series. I am going to eliminate. I know it's a cool looking. No, you know what? I'm not going to eliminate it. I'm going to eliminate the USS Cerritos. Wow. I know. I like. Ah, it's here's time. I'm torn. It's here's time. I'm torn. I'm torn between the, the, uh, the Titan and the Cerritos because I like, I like the Frankenship element of the Titan. So I'm getting rid of that. I'm getting rid of the uh, Cerritos, I mean, but I like it. Good job, pontoon boat. I would much rather, if I'm on that pontoon boat, the Cerritos, I want to have a Bud Light. I want to be on the lake in Tennessee, yeah. and I want to be listening to some uh, some country music. Yeah, put a thin crust pizza on that oh. saucer. <laughs> Go to yeah. town. Yeah. Uh, is it? Wait, is it me now? Yeah. Cycle to me. Uh, let's get rid of the Titan. It's like great for storytelling. 
it's too much, too much different ship. Too much. Be one ship. Sorry. Yeah. Not as pretty. Looks great on camera though. Does look great on camera. Better than the artist renderings. No shade to the artist. Oh, we're really down to it now. It's, we're down to it. It's both versions of the original series Enterprise. We got the original TV show and the Strange New Worlds version. Mm-hmm. We got the D and we got Voyager left. This is going to be, this would be a, a, a tough cut, but I'm cutting the original series Enterprise mm, from this Wow. List. Yeah. Uh, why that over the new the world's OG. version? I think the Strange New Worlds version is a great variation on the theme. Yeah. And look, I've, I've got a, I'm a modern man with modern sensibilities. I don't have 60 sensibilities. Sure. So, uh, Thank goodness. Thank goodness a of lot there. of people have gotten rid of their 60s sensibilities. Yeah. That's where I'm at. All right. So now we're looking at the Star Trek Strange New Worlds reimagining of the original ship, the D, and the Voyager. It's my turn to eliminate one. Great top three, guys. It's a great top three. Yeah, that's right. I realize now I did this wrong, but go ahead. I plotted it out wrong, but it's fine. Well, we can we can make it a a consensus thing, but I think I know. I think think we know where we're heading. I think so, too. I think we know where we're heading. So I'm going to go ahead and eliminate the Voyager next, though you are a lovely spoon that people drew all over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now we're looking at it's down to two ships. I mean, get, get, get a neck, Voyager. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're down to the D and the reimagined Enterprise, correct? Guys, did you think these would be the final two before we started? I, I honestly, didn't. I did not know. I didn't know. Uh, I thought that, I thought that the next generation, that the D would make it pretty far. Yeah. I felt the same. I did too. Yeah. yeah, I thought it would be the original ship against it, but but I'll tell you, the more I look at the redesign, the more I like the changes that they made. You mm-hmm. did it right. Like I, I'm, it's hitting different, as the kids say. The yeah. big difference time, being like, the difference in the pylons from the yeah. cells to the, the angle. That's the big the, difference to the hull. I really like that. It's just a little sleeker. But it's very clearly that original series ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just everything about it's just a little bit sleeker as if it were again designed for the first time now. And it, again, looks outstanding on screen. If uh, this ship won, I wouldn't be disappointed. Sure. Like I think these I, top two, either of them could win. I want to say one thing real quick about the original ship that I would just like to give a shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to uh one of our older episodes featuring Tommy Hackey, where we did digital versus practical, because I imagine that this is the only ship that was physically, we were looking at a thing that was physically built by craftsmen on the screen, correct? No. The D was a model as well. The, it D, was. Was a, the D was there a model There were several well. models, yeah. Yeah. You have to okay, remember that's that good show to started in 1987. Oh my god. That show aired from from 87. I assumed that it was always a digital creation. No. Now even Voyager, I'm sure there was a model of Yeah. A lot All of right. these ships I think they still build model, you know, there's still it's always mm-hmm. going to be a mix now of digital and model. There's at least yeah. a model made at some point. There's a jerk out there that happy. owns the the model of the D and owns maybe all three of them. Oh so envious. Goodness. Yeah. It's got to be. How big is it? Is it like a 6-footer? The biggest model is, I think, six feet, and then they're they're smaller. Wow, a couple of smaller versions, but yeah, they're and enormous. I own that diecast version, Lord knows what that's worth now. You know sure. what? I try to hang that six footer from the ceiling. It's just gonna it's just gonna split apart on the yeah. on the fishing wire. Yeah, you got oh it's you got to get terrible. higher test. 
Yeah. You got to get 500 pound test fishing line. That's which what is I got. Really, real it's really more gauge. designed for whaling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not fishing line, it's whaling line. Yeah. That's what I'd need. I know it's down worth to it. me. I know, like, I'm the one who should be making this decision. No bad I, decisions here. I, there's no bad, there are no bad decisions here. But I think that, like, the original ship is an iconic piece. I do think that the D was a game changer. And a lot of that just comes from how sleek it, like it took everything that was kind of cool about the Enterprise and made it cooler and made it a lot different and made it feel like it was futuristic. I like the size of it. It's a huge ship. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, there's something about it that makes me feel like it's the, I, I'm drawn to it as much as I love this Strange New Worlds redesign. I feel like I'm leaning towards the D. What do you guys think? It's such a great way to put it, like that you're yeah. drawn to it. Cause I feel like, I was, when I started watching TNG, like I was of the age where I started to get interested in cars. Mm-hmm. I started to get interested in starships, like mm-hmm. whatever special feelings I started to develop for girls or whatever. Like I started to develop feelings for starships and yeah. like I would leave my wife for this ship. Like, <laughs> like, like it's she a sexy was, ship. like she's my first love in starships. Like, like yeah. she's amazing. Like I, I love the D. There's something very telling that happens on this show sometimes where the eventual winner of an episode, we know it the moment it happens because it's the one we light up on yeah. when we start talking about it. Mm-hmm. And when we started talking about the D, all three of us lit up like Christmas trees just yeah. to talk about it's got the yacht. It's got the bar. It's got the holodeck. It's got the sleek look of a Porsche. It's a it's gorgeous ship. It detaches. It's got that carpet. I mean, we had so many adventures together. Seven, 26 episode seasons. Like, give me a break. Even the bridge, the interior design of the bridge and the way it looks, it makes more sense because generally on a, on a bridge, everybody's facing away Mm -hmm. from the captain. But here you have way more crew members that are facing out towards Mm -hmm. like everybody's looking more in the same direction. There's still, stations that line the back of the bridge but even that sort of design piece makes a difference not only is it better for shooting television because you're all your actors are looking in the same direction and can communicate with each other a little bit easier but it also makes more sense that they would all be looking outward and more of their more of what they're looking at would be out in front of them that's what they'd be dealing with so you know what i never thought of that before but now I'm actually mad at the original production design because you know it's a soundstage where all of the cameras are on one side and all of the set is on the other side. And somebody went, all right, cool. So uh, let's put all their battle stations facing away from the camera. <laughs> but it also made everything feel different, right? So you have yeah. different areas. It makes even the bridge, there are different areas to shoot. You have to go over to, to Mr. Spock's station to talk to him. You have to go over to Lieutenant Ahura's station to talk to her. So it created some separation in that bridge, but you don't need that anymore. Like, you know, that we're already established and entrenched in the world of Trek. By the time we get to 1987, we're four movies in. We've got the original series, got the animated series. Like people, Star Trek still is heavily in the consciousness. We know how they're supposed, how like bridges work. So this feels Mm -hmm. like what I like about this design is the same thing about that bridge is it's a shakeup and it's an improvement on what we already had. So I would say people of the world. The best looking starship 
this is going to be controversial no matter what we pick, is the NCC-1701D, the Enterprise as it appeared in Star Trek The Next Generation. I know it doesn't count, but I like the version from the very last episode that had the the future version that had the three. Yeah, that was cool. The third one. Really cool. This thing can, this thing just could rip through a planet if it needed to. I just thought that was cool. But just as fingers crossed, it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to, we hope, but it's an improvement on the initial design. Like it moved it forward. Sometimes that's what it takes to come out on top. It's not Mm -hmm. being the first in the original. It's being the improvement on that. And that's what makes this one the winner asked and answered. Hal, I got to say, you made the right choice, you and no one else. If anyone has a problem with this choice. <laughs> yeah. This was Hal's call they can, they can bring this to you. Yeah. That's right. And I'm on the internet at Mark Gags on Twitter. Wait, no, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And tell me what you thought of the decision that I alone made. <laughs> wait, but wait, but you. <laughs> Too bad. Go paint a flame job on the internet. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Adam, thank you so much. You're, you've been long overdue to come on this show. Amen. And I have wanted to for so long. I'm so happy to finally be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you'll come back. We'll do something non-Trek so you can you I'd can love to out. talk about something non-Trek with you guys. I'd talk about yeah. anything with you. We'll, we'll have you out. We'll have you on and we'll, we'll, we'll do a different one. But thank you, especially during Max Fun Drive to come and, and be a part of this. I'm uh, I'm happy and proud to be network associated with you guys. Amen. Uh, where do you want people to find you? Oh, find me over on Greatest Generation. And Greatest Trek really is super exciting right now with that third season of Star Trek Picard. It is a great season of New Trek, and there's so much to talk about and make fun of and all the rest. I'm really liking it. So uh, join us over on Greatest Trek and go back in the back catalog for Greatest Generation when that's done. Yeah, whether cool. you're like a lifelong Trek fan, you can enjoy it. If you've never watched any Trek, like Benjamin and Adam are the perfect guys to guide you through it. Like, it's just... uh Yeah, you don't have to watch the shows either. It's kind of a recap show, too. We'll, we'll take you through it. You have handheld me through this episode today, Adam, so I appreciate that. Thanks, Mark. I'm a minimal Trek fan, but this was a delightful conversation. It was very fun to get into the weeds with you guys about stuff, so... Even if that's not your bag, generally, uh, you guys make it so, so much fun. Uh, So thank you for being here. And also, Adam, I just want you to know that I have been and always shall be your friend. It always chokes me up to hear it. Yeah. Now I'm going to die of radiation poisoning while (laughs) Mark takes us out of this episode. Now I'm going to die wearing these giant gloves. Yeah, these giant. (laughs) I can't even really do the Vulcan salute in it. Like, just imagine it's happening. With this I mean, they're mittens, so I think they're, he's doing yeah. the thing in there. It's in there. Like, oh, he's definitely doing it in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So you can reach out to us for our next episode. We got this, the search for how. Come up with a topic for us. Visit us at We Got This Tweets or fire me into your email in a coffin that's also a torpedo that's we got this podcast at gmail.com or fire it into the facebook group facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast we never really talk about trek talk about what you love your favorite ship what do you think looks the best what are you digging in trek nowadays now that there are so many you have a, a, an embarrassment of riches tell yeah. us about it there thank you to producer ken plume the dilithium crystals that make our show go you can support him at patreon.com slash ken plume thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. 
And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for giving us all a chance to boldly go where we have gone every week for over eight years now. Eight years? My gosh. This is so much fun and such a delight to do every week. And it is because of you that we do it. There's one more thing I'd like to say about Max Fun. One thing that I really respect about this company is the artistic freedom they give us. We get to do our show the way we want to do it, and Max Fun has always backed our play. And they're able to do that for us because the network is member-supported. The Max Fund members want artists to have the freedom and ability to create the work that they enjoy. We don't answer to sponsors. We don't answer to anybody but what we think you will enjoy. And that's what makes this community so special. If you have the ability to do it, one of the wonderful things about our community is the way that they support us. So please consider becoming a member today. Upgrade if you can and gift if you're able. And just a reminder, speaking of gifts, $5 a month gets you the bonus content. $10 adds the restickable sticker. $20 adds the rocket hat or the culinary kit. And $35 a month adds the apron. Any level, of course, makes possible each and every episode of We Got This with Mark and Hal. And for that, we thank you. If you would like to become a member, visit MaximumFun.org slash join today. And to all of the people of the world, thank you, thank you, thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.